Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, December 19th, 2022. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things going this week? Very good. Thank you, Graham. Uh, so it still continues to be pretty crazy in terms of, you know, admissions decisions. I mean, last week you, you talked on the episode about how we're in the middle of these decision weeks. Uh, I guess last week was the last big week, but tell me a little bit about what we saw last week. And is there anything else coming this sort of final week before the holidays, really? Yeah, I mean, last week, I mean, we're obviously recording this podcast in the middle of last week. So um, if everything goes according to plan, Wharton will be releasing <laughs> Thursday, so that should have happened. Um, but we've also got Haas releasing decisions, Anderson, Kellogg. And Kellogg's interesting because Kellogg, this is the first time candidates applying to Kellogg will have really heard anything um, because, you know, they have that basically anybody can interview type thing. So so there'd be a big um, decision release for Kellogg on, on Wednesday. Right. Um, and yeah, so lots of activity last the, the last couple of weeks. Quite quiet this upcoming week, Graham, as we get closer to the holiday season. So um, I think um, Indiana um, and, and, and Foster um, are scheduled. Uh, but yeah, it should be much quieter this week as folks now start to either dis- make, make those decisions on where to attend after all this round one news or regroup target round two and obviously new folks coming into the pipeline targeting round two so it's busy for folks getting ready for round two yeah agreed and i guess i'll make a small plug for you know we have this tool on the website that i think most listeners know about called decision wire um, where you can go in and put in you know here's where i applied here's where i got in here are the scholarship amounts i've been offered and and here's where i'm going to go or you can say, I don't know where I should go, and, and then get commentary from our team and from other members of the ClearAdmit community. So I encourage people to use that. Even if you're thinking about a pivot with like a round two strategy because you did so well or so poorly in the first round, you're trying to figure out what's what, it can be good to get feedback on Decision Wire based on you know what sort of news you've received to date. Um, people still are also applying to, you know, putting posts up on ApplyWire, and we're going to profile three candidates shortly here. But yeah, DecisionWire is a fun tool to just see outcomes. And I think the community really appreciates those posts because they get a feel for what's happening to people in this process. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And we get lots of good feedback from community members on DecisionWire, sort of everyone sort of guiding each other in terms of their decision making. So, totally. so some really good um, content there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, over on the website, we did two more Real Humans pieces. One is, you know, we caught up with students at uh, Tuck over at Dartmouth in Hanover, New Hampshire. So we we heard from a bunch of students there who were first years and, you know, sharing what it's like to study there and why they chose Tuck and, you know, a lot about their kind of admissions process. And we did the same thing with students at Minnesota's uh, Carlson School of Management. So that's um, those are up on the site. Encourage people to read those, as I've been saying, week in and week out. If you're interested in those schools, kind of a must read. We also, Alex, have another employment report. And by the way, I feel like these reports have come earlier this year. And I so I went back and looked, and it, it does turn out that a lot of these reports were coming out in January and February last year for one reason or another. But schools have been really quick to put them out. Um, maybe in part because the news is so good. Um, so I'll give you the numbers for Chicago Booth, and you can sort of weigh in. Uh, so three months out, 97% of Booth students who were looking for a job had received an offer, and 96% had accepted an offer. The median salary 
for Chicago Booth graduates was $175,000. That's up over $20,000. It was about $155,000 last year. So they have a big boost in starting salary. Uh, the bonus, Alex, you want to guess at the signing bonus average? 31,000. <laughs> no, it's 30. Come on. <laughs> um, and just as this is kind of fun, like not all schools share this, or at least they don't in the main report, you might have to dig deeper, but Booth mentioned that 88.5% of the student body were looking for jobs. So, you know, there is a 20 or so percent who are either sponsored um, starting their own business or, or maybe going on to further studies or something like law school or, or, you know, they're doing a joint degree or whatever. But so that gives you a sense as to what percentage of the student body was looking. Uh, I'll go through the industry placements and the geography and get your take, Alex. Um, we'll start with industry. So 35.5% of the graduating class went into consulting. That's just up a tick from 34% last year. So pretty similar. Financial services, uh, 35% went into financial services. That's up a little bit. Um, it was 27% last year. Technology, down. Um, they had 14.9% of their grads going into tech, and last year that was 23%. So that's fallen off, as we've seen with a lot of other schools. Healthcare, 4.1%. It's identical to last year. And consumer packaged goods, 2.2%. That's actually down just a tick from 3% last year. So any thoughts on those industry placements, Alex? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing this trend of tech being down um, across pretty much most schools I think we've covered. In the case of Booth, it looks like the um, financial services um, sort of um, sucked up some of that um, yeah. um, drop off. Whereas what we've seen with most other schools, it's been consulting that's been inflated by the drop in tech. So, yeah, very, very interesting, I think. Yeah, definitely. And then as to the regional placements, uh, Booth sent 30.9% of their class into the Midwest. And by the way, of those Midwest, that Midwest crowd, 27% of the class kind of landed in Chicago. So that's it's so it's not just Midwest, it's really Chicago for the most right. part. Um, Northeast, they sent 29.2% to the Northeast. That's up quite a bit. It used to be only 21% last year. Um, West Coast, down. They sent 20% to the West Coast. That was uh, about almost 27% last year. Uh, the Southwest, Mid-Atlantic, and South are holding pretty steady. They had 5.6% go Southwest, 45 to the Mid-Atlantic, and 39 to the South. Really not big differences with the you know prior numbers from last year, so I'm not going to get into that. And 6% of the student body went abroad with Asia kind of being the top destination. So any thoughts on these numbers, Alex? Yeah, I mean, nothing really stands out to me, quite honestly, Graham. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing that's interesting to me is just we've seen it time and time again, but this sort of shift where it seems like the Northeast is not a bad place to be placing people, probably because yeah. some of those financial services jobs, whereas the West is is falling off a bit because of the tech hiring falling yeah. off, right? So, but that, yeah, it's sort of as expected. It's just I'm going to be fascinated to see <laughs> what this looks like next year, like what's going to happen to the class of 23 and what kind of jobs are they going to get? And so, yeah, just really fascinating stuff. I was talking with a bunch of business schools over the last couple of days. Um, I'm actually on the road at the moment in London. And it's it's just interesting to see um, yeah, where things might be you know, in 12 months. So we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> people can keep tuning into this podcast and we'll always cover it. Uh, if you have questions for Alex or me, you can send an email to info at clearadmit.com. Use the subject wiretaps 
And those who have written to us know that we write back. So please write if you're interested in, um, you know, peppering us with a question or something. Uh, we're happy to, to respond. Alex, I don't have anything else, so I propose we get right into the candidates for this week. Yeah, no, let, let's do that. I just had to throw one thing out there real quick, completely off the off yeah. the um, topic, but a big shout out to one of our listeners who's who responded to my plea for some edits on this essay I'm writing. Oh, wow. And I've spent all morning going through their edits. It's absolutely fascinating. Well, they're ahead yeah. of me in terms of, because I still am <laughs> I'm still not, working I'm on it. I'm not saying anything, Graham, <laughs> let me tell you. But it, this um, is, yeah, it's fascinating, though. Um, you're writing this great piece about kind of fake news, and I know it's off topic, but it's a fascinating piece about how the internet was meant to democratize information and connect everyone, but there are some bad actors who are, you know, kind of <laughs> trying to undermine yeah. that. And so you're writing this great piece, which I'm sure will come out soon. And and yeah, I'm, that's great that one of our listeners is is helping. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they claim yeah. they claim that they still listen, so I'm giving them a shout out to see if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. So um, without further ado, let's get into Wiretaps candidate number one. So this is an apply wire entry, uh, Alex, that you selected. It's a candidate who wants to start school uh, in the fall of 23. So they're actively applying, I guess. And they've got, uh, let's see, six schools on the target list. Those schools are Tuck, uh, Fuqua, Harvard, MIT, Kellogg, and Wharton. Uh, this candidate has been working in both consulting and strategy before business school. And they're looking to get into maybe tech or even entrepreneurship after their MBA. Uh, 730 GMAT. 3.46 GPA, four years of work experience, located in New York. Um, this is a male candidate, 25 years old. They're an overrepresented um, candidate in the pool. So I presume that means a white, white guy in New York, basically. Um, they graduated early from a top five engineering university. I'm assuming that means they maybe went through in like three years or something. And they were an IT major. They did apply to some schools in round one this year. They haven't heard from Kellogg at the time of our recording this. I guess they will soon, or maybe by the time this airs, they'll know. Uh, they have heard from Tuck, uh, but they were waitlisted. And what's interesting is that they applied with a GMAT score of 710 and then retook the test and have since updated schools. But that update didn't occur until after they were waitlisted at Tuck. Uh, they're thinking about now applying to Wharton Sloan, HBS, and Fuqua in round two. And they're kind of wondering, you know, if that makes sense, what we think of their their chances. And they have a you know number of good outside activities. They've built a property technology app. They've got they're into like real estate. They 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 run, they're a rower, or they used to row, I guess, and they're do some volunteering and diversity initiatives and things. So they're they're a diverse candidate in terms of their outside activities. The work experience was a couple of years with a big four consulting firm doing like financial services consulting. And now they've been a couple of years in, in strategy at a startup. So kind of an interesting background. The numbers are pretty good in my view, but what do you make of this, Alex? And in particular, the issue around having this new test score and whether how you think that might play as a waitlisted candidate at Tuck and, and in round two. Yeah, I'm hoping they got admitted to Kellogg last week and we, we yeah. might as well just move on to the next candidate. But, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds a bit naff, but going from that 710 to 730 may well make a difference. And certainly, if you've been put on a wait list at, 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 um, at, at, at Tuck with the 710, coming back with the 730 even already, um, you know, is, is a great start for their weightless strategy, I've got to think. So yeah. that really augurs well. I, 
I so so that seven thirty three four six engineering degree. I think the numbers are pretty solid for for top programs. I do like their work experience going from big four consulting to a strategy role at a startup. Yeah. Obviously, it to some degree will depend on their success in that strategy role at the startup and their impact and growth and so on and so forth. But I got to like that in combination with their outside activities. So. I think, quite honestly, Graham, there's a lot to like here. Again, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they get an admit from um, from Kellogg um, um, last week. E- even if they do, I would continue on with a round two strategy because I think, in terms of round two, they they you know they go they're looking at Wharton and a couple of other programs, Sloan, um, Harvard, um, as well as then Fuqua and maybe one one other. Um, quote-unquote safety, certainly out of that tier, uh, might well make sense if they're not successful at um, um, Kellogg. Um, so, um, but if they are successful at Kellogg, you, they can shorten that list and just focus on Harvard and Wharton or, or something like that, right? Yeah. So, so they can make decisions based on, on, off of what they hear from Kellogg. Um, but I've got to hope that their chances are pretty decent coming off the waitlist at top with the higher GMAT, and obviously they've got to um, handle the, the waitlist, you know, develop a waitlist strategy for that. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, overall I think, uh, you know, they're in, the, they're in the middle of the process. They have quite I, – I've got to believe they're going to end up in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, my view is that the 730 now on the GMAT puts them squarely in contention, whereas the 710 as an overrepresented candidate, you know, they're in New York – Work experience is good, um, but it, it sort of was like a liability to me, right, going in and so in terms of the GMAT score. And so now that's not a liability. Um, it's not jumping off the page, but it makes them very squarely in contention. And so I, yeah. I agree with you. It wouldn't surprise me if they got into Kellogg um, last week. And I would argue that, you know, I don't know what they where they want to go, like wh- what the sort of pecking order is on this list. But, you know, I, I would think that a tailored kind of waitlist strategy for Tuck would make sense. And then, as you say, if they did get into Kellogg, they can shorten that round two list and just go after some, you know, the, the Harvards or whatever of the world if they want. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I do think that this is like a classic case of where now the numbers line up with the 730 and all the ingredients would seem to be here. I love the move like you do into a you know startup in a strategy role. Uh, the, the outside activities seem robust and interesting. And so they have all the ingredients, but they're going to need to make that recipe, right? So they're going to need to yeah. execute. And so I, you know, that's the wild card for me because they're still going to need to work to kind of stand out. I'm hoping they have a great recommendation from that, you know, the, the big four days as well as run from their current kind of strategy role. So we'll see. But they should be in good shape. I would like to think they're going to end up with some options here and that it makes all the sense in the world to apply to a few more schools in round two and see where they land. Yeah, and I completely agree with you on the fact that that 7-10 was a little bit of a liability. You know, when you combine a 7-10 with a three four six, you're coming under the, yeah. the medians on both those numbers, which tend to be looked at in... in concert right as adcom will will look at the gmat in in the context of the gpa gpa in the context of the gmat and so forth and i know it's an engineering degree but nevertheless um upping that gmat even just by 20 points i do believe makes the difference so yeah yeah, best of luck to them yeah i want to thank them for posting and hopefully they'll let us know (laughs) what happened either by adding a comment to their post or they can always email us as well so yeah best of luck to them Uh, let's move on and talk about wiretaps candidate number two 
So this is an apply wire entry as well. The one difference though being this candidate is looking to um, apply next year to attend in the fall of like 24. They currently have nine schools on the target list and those schools are Fuqua, Harvard, Michigan, MIT, Kellogg, Chicago Booth, Wharton, Darden, and one they kind of indicate undecided. So there must be another school that they have on their list that maybe wasn't in our database or they're still kind of open <laughs> to adding another. They've been working in retail, um, not 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 like storefront, um, but they've been working basically, uh, it, it sounds like supply chain and merchandise planning for an F50 retailer, so a, a big retailer. Uh, they've got five years of work experience in that domain and, and you know, had some pay raises and promotions and things, so that's good. They want to get into consulting in the short term after business school to just sort of apply their trade and figure out, you know, put, put to use all the stuff they learned in business school. And then they would like to pivot back into some kind of um, industry, whether it's, you know, grocery, retail or CPG company. Uh, and climb the ranks into the C-suite. So they have a very clear set of goals. They, they really wanna go to Bain, BCG, or McKinsey when they graduate, and then again, head back out into industry and, and work their way up. Uh, they're located in the Midwest, and they indicate they would like to land in the Southeast after business school. So that's not something we see every day, and so we'll probably wanna talk about that. Uh, they have some outside activities. They um, grew up on a farm, and since the pandemic, they indicate they've become really passionate about safe access to essentials for consumers. And they also do uh, Toastmasters, which is a, I think that's kind of like a public speaking uh, club that they're a part of. They're involved with the Women's Business Council at work, and they do uh, company touch, touch football and pickleball. Um, so they're, you know, and they do some volunteering as well at a local kind of food um, I guess like a food bank of some kind. So that's this candidacy. They've got time, right? They're not applying until next season. But Alex, what do you make of this profile? Potentially outstanding. Yeah. Um, the numbers are great. Mm -hmm. So there's a slight difference between this candidate and our previous candidate. They're starting off with a 740-365. Right. So on, in both of those stats, they're slightly, they're going to be around or slightly above average for the very top program. So that's, that's a really good start. Um, I really do. Well, what's pickleball, Graham? Can you just <laughs> yeah. clarify that for me so again? So pickleball is, it's a bit like tennis, but it's, um, you know, small rackets, big balls. And it's, it, yeah, it's like taking America by storm, apparently. I've not played it, but it, it's, it's somewhere, okay. I mean, yeah, it's a bit <laughs> like tennis, but it's, yeah, kind of um, a faster game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I only ask because I think we had that conversation I know, and there are no before. pickles involved, and, as far as I understand. And it completely, <laughs> and, and I must have been so interested in your answer that time that I completely have forgotten your explanation. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I should go on because I, I do love this um, potential for this profile. So they've got experience in supply chain and, and merchandising, so lots of retail experience. In the long run, they're sort of potentially going back to retail in uh, in in the sort of on the food side, um, pivot back into interest of the grocery retailer or, or CPG. They've got a passion for food security as a result of you know what's going on out there in the environment. They're doing work volunteer work at a food um, shelter um, and so forth. So there's got to be a narrative here that they can develop that really ties all this stuff together. Yeah, um, that really would almost, I'm not saying make them a unique candidate, but it would, would be a really good way 
for them to sort of... I mean, again, if, if, if they're truly passionate about this stuff, don't make stuff up. That's key, right? right, don't, don't, right. You know, yes. don't try to find an angle just to make it up. But if this truly can be part of uh, an integral part of their narrative, I could see, um, you know, Harvard, Stanford and Wharton. I mean, can you imagine that, that Stanford first essay um, for, for a candidate like this, I think it, it could be absolutely fa- fantastic. So yeah. I do believe they might be underselling themselves um, in terms of their school selection. They really do consider um, Harvard and, and Wharton or whatever as far reaches. That's their quote. Mm-hmm. Are they reaches? Potentially. But um, I, 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 I think that, you know, they, they, if, if they make one or two right steps over the next year, they should be really aiming aiming high, especially in the first round, right? And then they can regroup um, into the second round. So they volunteer at this food shelter. I would figure out how they could take a more organized role at the food shelter, for example, something that they could do to further develop their passion and interest in food security um, and so forth on the volunteer side over the next year or so, I think would be really good. Yeah, I'm hearing, I mean, I don't know what the retail experience has been to date, but I love that they they have retail experience, they go to consulting after business school, Mm. and then Maybe, yeah, I love the food angle because maybe they're the kind of, you know. Yeah, and, and sorry to interrupt you, Graham. I forgot. They're from a farm. Right, right. right? So, so so there's a history of it from probably since they could walk. So right. it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this is like, I mean, I, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but is this the future CEO of Whole Foods or a, of a, a major kind of grocer, you know, that, that, that you know, focuses on this kind of, um, you know, maybe sustainability or, or you know, yeah. f- access to food and, and farm to table, um, all that stuff. So yeah. yeah, there could be a nice narrative here for this candidate. And again, even if they haven't worked in kind of um, the food domain in terms of whatever the retail is they've been involved in, it's still, I think there's a lot of um, lessons that are relevant because they've been doing supply chain and, and merchandise planning. And so th- there's clearly things that they're doing in their role that would lend themselves to working in the food sector too. So yeah, it could be a really great narrative here. We'll see what um, what she comes up with uh, I say she because I mean she mentioned she's involved with the Women's Business Council, so I presume that it's a woman, but I yeah. don't actually know for sure. But anyway, um, so great candidacy. I agree. Probably aiming low and should aim high in round one. Could always retool and add schools in round two because this candidate will not jump out as kind of being overrepresented in the pool based on the work experience goals and and the numbers are great. And so yeah, one question for you, Alex: If she wants to work in the southeast. Does a school jump out at you for that? Or, I mean, you know, there I see Duke and, and Darden on her list. Um, yeah. But when we talk about the very top schools, like, would you say that any of them have a leg up in that domain or no? I mean, I don't know, but I think any M7 can place you where you want to go, given yeah. the effort that you put in to help yourself getting placed. But yeah, maybe you look at the alumni networks um, of the very top programs. But right. um, to me... Yeah, there's some regional advantage for, for Duke, um, Dan, I mean, Amory, um, and, yeah. you know, probably several others. But, but M7 is M7. Yeah. And Harvard and Stanford and Wharton. Are, I mean, I, I would not bat an eyelid going to Stanford to, to, to head out to the southeast afterwards. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, sometimes. And I, I think it probably does make sense, though. 
to do some digging, like you say, on alumni networks and things. But you're right. I mean, there'd be a lot of flexibility coming out of a very top school. So uh, anyway, I want to wish her the best of luck or, or him if I'm making the mistake and, and jumping to conclusions. But either way, best of luck. Thanks for posting, you know, the profile. And, and yeah, we'll just see what happens. Hopefully they'll keep us posted, as we say. <laughs> we may have had farmers on this before, but I've no, I don't remember anyone explicitly stating they grew up on a farm. Yeah, that's so, that's a good point. So yeah. I think I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and again, because it ties to some of their experience and that, I think yeah, very good. Yeah, it works well. All right, let's move on and talk about Wiretaps candidate number three. So this is another ApplyWire entry, and this person, it seems, is trying to get a bunch of applications together in the second round of this cycle. They've got 11 schools on the list. I don't know that they're going to apply to all of them, but the schools they've got are Haas, Johnson, uh, Tuck, Fuqua, Harvard, MIT, Stanford, UCLA, Wharton, Darden, and Yale. Um, This candidate is a United States Army officer. Uh, They would love to get into consulting after business school and maybe tech beyond that. They've got, you know, companies like BCG, McKinsey, Microsoft, uh, Tesla, Uber uh, on the list here. Their GRE is a 312, and that comes on a second sitting of the test. Apparently, the first sitting was lower. Uh, The GPA is a 2.7. They graduated from one of the military uh, service academies. Uh, They've got five years of experience in the military. They are located in the States. They would love to land in California after business school. And they have a really uh, unique and unfortunate kind of personal background. I mean, they they fled their home country because of genocide um, to come to America. Uh, it sounds like a lot of their family members were, were lost, um, you know, were, were killed. Uh, it sounds like maybe by Al Qaeda. So it's it's a it's a really um, a, a hardship. Um, so they they came to the U.S., uh, went into one of the service academies, did not do very well. 2.7 GPA, as I mentioned, they say that some of their poor performance was related to the fact that their sister died while they were studying and that she was the only one who was kind of um, had made it through the the genocide with them. And so that was kind of their last, um, I guess, connection, family connection. And uh, yeah, they mentioned they're an underrepresented minority. Um, They've had five different roles in the military over the last five plus years. They've been rated number one across four of those roles and number two for another. I guess the, the military has these kind of rankings, right, in terms of your performance. They say their letters of recommendation will be exceptional. Um, Alex, they then point out that they know their GRE is terrible, um, and they're kind of wondering what what we make of that. They indicate they had some trouble studying. There was a um, family member in the hospital, et cetera. So, yeah, what do you make of this, Alex? Because they have high aspirations. You look at this list of 11 schools. I mean, they're, they're all top 16 schools. They've got great military experience, a really compelling personal story. But these numbers, 312-27, what do we do about that? Yeah, I mean, this is a, 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 a tale, of, an application of two halves, right? I mean, their personal story is is awful and heroic and, you know, all the other sort of sentiments all, all, all into one. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for Adcom to have real empathy for it because they're never going to have experienced something quite as uh, as brutal as this. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, that's tragic, but it also shows they've come very far. Right. Which is a real sort of positive in in terms of they've they've sort of gotten through it, not not just survived it, but then they did very well, or it appears that they've done very well in their military career. 
Um, so if, 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 if their military career hadn't reflected really top performance, I'd be like, you know what, this is probably just not going to work out. Yeah. But it looks like they've performed well in their military career. So that's really, really positive. But the reality is um, ADCOM is going to look at that. Again, that combination of numbers, the, the 312 GRE 27 GPA, are, are significantly lower. Um, than their medians, not just one of them, but both of them. Right. So that's going to be a big problem. Um, and again, what 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 does it matter? It matters to Adcom that when someone starts their MBA um, in that first quarter, which can get pretty intensive and so on and so forth, that they thrive, not survive, but thrive um, academically. So what can they do um, to address this concern? is to potentially retake the GRE and, and bump, bump it up with however many points they can. Every point's going to make an impact off a 312, right? So that's really well worth doing. Um, and I would also suggest that they sign up for um, MBA Math or HBS Core. Um, not that to complete it for the round two deadlines, because that's not going to be feasible given that they, they've got to apply to programs, they've got to set all that up, they've got to retake the GRE and so forth, but at least use the optional essay to explain their, their academic performance or add that context. Talk about, you know, they've got their G, GRE already rescheduled, they might have already completed it by the time they apply, that would be very good, but also that over the spring um, period they're planning for this further remedial action. Um, you know, whether it's MBA math or HBS core. Yeah. Because if they can do that and really demonstrate to ADCOM that they'll do well in their MBA program, um, I think they, they'll, they'll get a lot of, I'm not saying credit for or kudos for, but coming through their personal story out the other side and performing really well in the military is is a really strong testament. Yeah, it, I mean... <laughs> I agree. This is like a tale of two candidates, right? And I, I, the thing that I struggle with is just if I'm an admissions officer who's number one, or you know, one of my main goals is to admit people, like you say, who can you know handle and really excel in the curriculum. Yeah. This is a red flag for me, and so I might say, well, they've come through a horrible tragedy, done exceedingly well in the military, but I'm not convinced of the academic aptitude that's needed to do well in this type of MBA program, and so. And I know that may not be fair. And I, I think one thing I also should mention is that we know the service academies in the U.S. are really strict about GPAs. There's not really great inflation. And so we might say, okay, 2.7, maybe it's really like a 3.0, but still a 3.0 is well below the average um, at these top schools that are on their list. And so, yeah, I need a 3. I mean, I wrote in my notes, I'm like, I need a 3.25 on the GRE to help at least blow that, you know, kind of dismiss the notion that maybe they're not academically up to par. They may be a fabulous leader with an incredible personal story, but they've got to have the academic chops. And right now, these numbers scream to me that they don't. And so I'm really worried about that. I actually thought another thing I wrote down about this is I was like, they've been in the military for five years. Could they stay six? Like, how old are they? I don't know. They don't tell us. But assuming they're not, you know, over 30 or something, I would argue they might benefit from actually staying another year in the military and putting together a proper application strategy 
apply to a handful of schools in round one next year, ideally after having extensively tutored and worked that GRE score up to a really respectable level. Um, that would be my, what I would do. Now you might say, well, they could apply in round two now and then reapply next year. That's, that's possible too. Right. But if it were up to me, I would say they're, they don't seem like they're ready. Like, I think they're going to go into this process with these numbers and come out, you know, without anything on the other side, at least not from these top schools on their list. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you, you make good points. Um, they could apply this year. Yeah. Just with their eyes wide open of the potential of, of, of getting nowhere with the plan to reapply next season, um, if, if, if that turns out to be the case. But they do have work to do, Graham. Yeah. So, and again, I don't want to, you know, obviously their story, as you say, like it's it's an incredible story of survival. Yeah. And, and there's, yeah. and I, you know, I want to thank them for their service too. I mean, it's, it's a, such an interesting journey to come to the U.S. and then also serve in the U.S. military. I mean, they made the comment in their, in their um, post about how, they were blown up by Al Qaeda before they joined the military, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it's an interesting story. I just feel like some of the schools on their list are going to draw the line in the sand and say, as interesting as it is, we just have basic standards that we need you to meet. And so, yeah. yeah. So I would say they need to, they need a better test score because um, they can't redo their GPA, obviously. And I agree with you, take MBA math or one of these um, kind of yeah. you know, online things. So in any event, I do want to thank them for their post. Hopefully they'll tell us what they decide to do and whether they go forward in round two and, or, or decide to wait or whatever it is. But I do want to wish them the best of luck as they try to up that score and, and put together a really strong candidacy because they, yeah, could be an amazing story if they get the numbers up in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. If they do it, absolutely fantastic. If they can't like, like you say, maybe re retarget for next season yeah. um, with, with more preparation ahead of time. Yeah. But yeah very yeah big kudos to them for overcoming you know real tragedy and yeah. you know so i'm not saying turning it around because it wasn't their issues to turn around but getting into a different life situation yeah. and um, excelling in the services absolutely fantastic yeah um well alex i appreciate you picking these out a lot of interesting profiles this week and you know i know sometimes people say oh the numbers are always amazing on every candidate and you know we try to you know obviously we're, we're left to pick from what what's submitted on the site but i think this was an interesting episode just because we yeah. got to talk about some you know combinations of numbers you know uh, and so yeah it's always always useful for those thinking about applying to understand how the admissions reader is going to look at this stuff uh so we'll do it all in one week's time alex i guess uh Holidays are approaching, but we'll keep these episodes coming. I totally forgot to say that I think this was the 180th episode of Wiretaps. I think it's a 200 and some episode of the podcast overall, but we've done 180 Wiretaps. So we keep hitting these little milestones. And I guess, you know, sometime in 23, we're going to hit that 200 mark. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, best of luck, everyone. Stay safe.